Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Joe Marler said what, JB? Uh, <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, and as we've just demonstrated, is capable of counting to ten. I can't believe you did that. I was just doing a mic check like you told me to. Congratulations, JB. Oh, thanks, what, what, what did you get at GCSE Maths? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. <laughs> Good, <laughs> excellent. Uh, right, we're this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We're here for a brand new year and a brand new week. We're here fifty-two weeks of the year, every Monday morning, uh, except this one when we're here on a Tuesday morning because the, the bank holiday. And uh, Phil had a rock and roll trip to Anglesey, Party Central. Yeah, exactly. And JB had a rock and roll trip to Gloucester. I did. It's absolutely S- superb. Loved slash it. Cheltenham. All the Gloucester players live in Cheltenham. Yeah. So, uh, well, yes, I went to, this is a hell of a New Year's Eve, but started with a session in Cheltenham CrossFit, which is a cool little box. Uh, then had a touch of breakfast. Me and my brother-in-law, brother-in-law got a train over to Gloucester, bumped into uh, Jamal Ford Robinson, who is our host for the day, uh, eight in the Gloucester corporate, which is absolutely awesome. The food there is absolutely superb. Mm. Watched watch the game with uh, Ed Slater and Freddie Clark, which was cool. And Gloucester got the win. So I've been to Kingsham twice and they've won twice. So there's a lesson there. <laughs> I want to hear more about that. But uh, uh, bearing in mind how much you love Freddie Clark. Yeah. Th- that must have been exciting. It, it was a bit heartbreaking, actually, because uh, someone introduced me uh, to Freddie Clark. He goes, all oh, right, you do a podcast. Uh, is that the one? That's, is that the one that slates me all the time? I was like, no, no, I'm a, I'm a massive fan. I'm a huge fan. So, um, yeah. At which point he backed off even more. Yeah, yeah, even more. Uh, Terrified. And uh, yeah, you spent it with friend of the pod and quite and regular Phil standing Ed Slater. Yes, yes, I did. And Brilliant. we nosed about six man lineouts for the entire set. Yeah, it was, it was a fascinating chat. And I, I think I can disclose most things which were which were said. It was very, very good, though. Uh, it was a proper Norse fest. Right, looking forward to getting into that, then. We've got a bunch of rugby to actually discuss that's happened, and uh, we'll get into some news and stuff. But let me just remind you that we are wherever you get your podcasts, and one way you can uh, show your appreciation is, if you haven't already, we hope we'll earn your subscription on this podcast. Uh, go and hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, we will be doing a Patreon podcast, uh, patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. Um, Phil, any news since we only spoke a few days ago? Yeah, and since then it's just been loads of games. So I don't think there's been anything. Uh, we we newsy. found we found out the the Marla ban, the Marla ban, yeah, and ah. the Marla backlash. More to the point. Oh, there is some news that just coming out. I first read it this evening as well. 
which was uh, Proudfoot's gone. Hodgson's gone? Yeah. Proudfoot, the... In- England's South, South Africa assistant, or South Africa scrum coach for the World Cup successfully, was intended to be the England scrum coach for the World Cup, although his tenure is probably unsuccessful up to this point. Yeah, and, and basically Franz Matt... It, well, I know, because I'm sure Matt Proudfoot is, is excellent, uh, but it, it sort of... There's one element where you yeah. go, Franz Malherbe earned Matt Proudfoot a lot funny. of money. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He owes Malherbe a few beers. Yeah. Yeah. Can you boys push, yes or no? And if the answer is yes, you're going to look like a great scrum coach. With the best one in the world, I'm sure Matt Proud- Proudfoot... Oh, I actually like Matt Proudfoot. I spent yeah. about half of rugby chatting to him about all sorts of things. He loves his rugby. Mm. Uh, so I really, I, I've got to say, him, and his, him as an individual, as a rugby man, absolutely brilliant. I just do question... If you've got a bunch of weak props, how much can you improve a bunch of weak props? And I'm not saying England have got weak props. I'm not saying that. But maybe they're not as strong as the French props or some of the others or the South Africans. I, it seems to me like one of those things, it's almost like coaching the Fiji Sevens team. They're either going to be good or they're going to be bad. Which is it? Yeah, what would be the, the hierarchy of... Easy jobs. Easiest, easiest, jobs. easiest gigs in, in world rugby. And South Africa scrum coach would be up there. Yeah, so I've got a list of these. So obviously South Africa scrum coach was one. Uh, Fiji Sevens team. Uh, all, all Blacks coach. All Blacks coach is easy. How, how is that difficult? You can only mess that up, Courtney, with your philosophies and mm. what, what, whatever else. Cru- it, Crusaders coach. Crusaders coach, another Although really easy one. Todd Blackout managed something like seven years without winning a trophy. That's which, incredible, which isn't it? <laughs> it does yeah, that's it. so impressive. <laughs> Leinster coach. Leinster coach is a... Leinster yeah. coach, yeah. Yes. Although, although they, Stu and his Stu has done a great job. Well, well it'll be interesting mean, to see yeah, what Yeah, he has done a great job, but... But, but you'll get to show it in the top 14 when he's he got will. massive competition. And Rassing are sliding at the moment. They won mm. one out of five games in December, including getting now, hammered by Stad. Are we allowed to Ooh, say really? that's because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're allowed to say that's because Stuart Lancaster is on the phones every, every day. Is that correlation causation? Uh, because he's not on the phone to them yet. No, he is every day. He says he's on the phone to them every day. Really? Yeah, so every day. Dressing. Yeah, he's having a conflict of exactly right. Well, that has been raised before because that he's seems crazy. To them, but he's also working at Leinster. Well, it depends but, what the conversations are. I yeah, think everything is around recruitment. Yeah, well, exactly. So that make that makes sense. Yeah, but, I mean, future we, planning. But if he's if he's actively doing coaching or influencing yeah. decision making now, that is an issue. Well, he is that. Well, as in like, decision making, as in team selection, training methods, right at this moment yeah, in time. That would be nuts. That would be crazy. But also, just the conversation of saying, "Hey, what do you think of your back row? Where are they strong? Where are they weak? What do we need to improve here?" Mm. Oh, right, you're not very good at jackling, and then just jotting down this stuff for <laughs> the quarterfinals. Presumably, he will be he'll be watching game take to work that out himself. Yeah, but you only know once you know, don't you? Once you're inside camp, mm. it, is, it is hard to find these things out. So Matt Proudfoot's gone. Any word on a replacement or if there'll be one? Sure, um, so Dan Cole is replacing him. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see where the announcement came from? No. Uh, so it was announced not by England, but Stellenbosch University announced their new um, uh, consultant head coach, which was Matt Proudfoot. That's where the announcement Tell came from. Wow. That's a nice job. Yeah. That's for the, a for nice, the, nice job. For the Curry Cup run. Nice nice part of the world, Stellenbosch, oh, isn't it? Gorgeous. Absolutely. Been, wine regions. No. It's oh, you're not far, be- never been to South Africa. Not far from Cape Town. You're Go on the border before. of the wine region. Go now before South Africa burns itself down. 
Yeah. <laughs> but you go there, it is one of the most beautiful places on earth. And an amazing temperate climate. It kind of, kind of never drops below 20 degrees. Never really gets much above 30 degrees. It's oh. like in the sweet spot oh. all year round. Did you like the wine? Um, the wine, the wines I had. So we, I didn't actually go to Stellenbosch. We went Did to Franschhoek. We went to oh. Roberts. We went to several different places. Sorry, I think I went to Franschhoek. Franschhoek. Is was, that the one with the little train? Yeah. Uh, yes. There's like a little. Yeah, um, Franschhoek. I went to Franch Franschhoek's gorgeous yeah yeah um, Franschuk. Stella Walsh is nice Franschuk is the absolute balls um did you enjoy the wine uh most of it yes you know you know a bit bored of those thin reds uh, I don't really drink reds yeah so the, the pinotage it's not really for me it's, it's too yeah too bland it is, is it bland isn't it but I'm, I'm a white man anyway I tell you <laughs> we went to a place called Graham Beck which is a, a If JB had just said that, someone on Twitter would have taken that exactly. little clip out of context and uh, cancelled him with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even more cancelled. Yeah. The uh, Graham Beck was... A, you, you occasionally get a bottle over here, but like a really good um, sparkling white wine from from that region. And their the wine tour was excellent as well. Very, yes. very good fun. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Reminiscing the, for the a few cult, years ago. The culture on, on this podcast. So that's that's Matt Proudfoot. Any mm. other news apart from Marla? Well, I mean, the news, of course, is not what Marla did. We all know what Marla did now. Yeah, but, but we can get on to Marla. But yeah. anything else aside from that? Can't, nothing no, big that no, I've nothing. seen. So, yeah, so what, what, what are you saying with Marla, JB? What are you thinking? I'm just thinking. I'm sure there is more news. Sure, there is some, some more news. It's, it has only been. I mean, just Newcastle, Newcastle signing an, an Argentine second row. But that's not really huge no. news, is no. it? No. I do feel there's something we're missing. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so what uh, am I saying about more? Split, split of opinion. I think there has been split opinions on on this. Some people thinking it was uh, a bit over the top citing him, and that stuff happens on a rugby field. Um, I think a lot of people going, "Oh, that was just really clumsy." And Mount Marley, you got form, so probably going to have to. Pay the price a little bit. Yeah, so I remember somebody else getting a fine or something, or a ban, and I came to the conclusion that a suspended sentence would be better because I couldn't be sure about the intent. So I actually like the suspended sentence for Marla, which is... Look, two two so weeks, but it could have been reduced from six. Yeah, six-week yeah. um, ban or, or um, sentence reduced to two, yeah. with four of them suspended. And I like, I mean, I don't like the ban full stop, actually, but if you're going to issue something like that... Make it suspended because I can see why. You, I mean, there's no evidence here that he knew knew the situation with Jake Keenan's mother. Now, now he does say this a lot, and uh, I've got a story for you. Not only does it say, does he say it a lot, he says it in Spanish. He, he, he says what a lot? He says your your mother's a whore in Spanish. He knows the translation. He knows the translation for when he when he plays against Argentines. I have had this confirmed. So <laughs> you know the man's into detail, and I like that. <laughs> but, from from the horse's mouth is this? From the horse's mouth, I, I've I've met the props and I've met the met the pack that have seen it in action. But they're like, well, this is just what people do, isn't it? It's just a thing, and nobody actually thinks he means that. No, nobody thinks he means that. He's just trying to get underneath your skin. Yeah. And what I don't like about this is the punishment has been dictated by how offended the reciproc the recipient is, and this shouldn't be a thing really, because you could make up. I mean, you could be as hysterical as you like. It's a very modern mindset to lose your temper completely. Say, oh, you can't say those words because they're so offensive. I can see there being a scenario where a set of words or so hurtful and so offensive because of the amount of research someone has done into that subject. In this case, no, I'm sorry. It's just not. 
But uh, so, so you, you spoke about preparation there in terms of learning the phrase, or perhaps multiple phrases, in Spanish. Yeah. Do you think there was preparation? Well, so why did he target Heenan? Do you think there was preparation that he knew that his mother was ill? No, no, no I don't think, I, I don't think anybody thinks that. Me, no, for the yeah. life of me, I don't think you'd do that. I, I don't know, but the, the the preparation is an interested element. Well, I mean, he just knows that someone speaks Spanish and he wants to... Yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah. that's, I, he knows yeah. that phrase. Yeah. Now, when it comes to trash talking, which is what this is, the idea is to get underneath someone's skin. Mm-hmm. This would never get underneath my skin because it's no, not no. true. Yeah, yeah, it's just It's ridiculous. not true. Now, I trash talk quite a lot when I play. But I'm never rude, and that and that actually makes it worse. <laughs> you know, I'm always very oh, you, know, you should have pushed harder there, or you know, um, may may have you thought about doing this this with your technique, or you know, very annoying kind of little jibes. Mm. Now that could make someone lose a. In fact, it's got me punched several times. <laughs> What's the problem? What's the problem? Is it just because it offends certain people's sensibilities? Well, there's that Stephen Fry quote, which I just suddenly got. Um, it's now very common for people uh, to hear people say, I'm rather offended by that, as if that gives them certain rights. It's actually nothing more than a whine. I, fi- I find that offensive. It has no meaning, no purpose, no reason to be respected as a phrase. I'm offended by that. Well, so effing what? Yeah. I, I mean... Uh, now, you can't... It got caught on a ref mic, and there was a reaction, and I think th- th- once the reaction's happened, once it becomes a thing which Jake Keenan then drew attention to... That then they are a few in a very difficult position because in every clubhouse, and you know, we I coach under 15s team, and you go to a, a club, and you both play mm-hmm. in the Sesley Park, and in the club of ev- in the foyer of every single club is that teamwork, respect, discipline. Yeah, no, no, all, all those we core need to values. bin this. We need to throw it in the bin because the 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 judge on the panel had this absolute diatribe. There's no other word for it. Like the the, the 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 values of rugby are not something we mouth, but we sign up to and must take them seriously. Just no, I never signed up to them. I just want to. I just want to play rugby, and it's one of those things that if you have to talk about the values over and over again, they don't exist. And I think by doing this, he's just made himself look stupid. He's made the game look stupid, and it looks pompous. It looks petty. It looks high like high minded, and it doesn't do anything for. Rugby, uh, you know, rugby as a sport. If we continue to lecture each other about what great people we are and what great people this sport p- produces, but they'll have the opposite effect, the complete opposite effect. Well, so, but would you extend that to a player diving and getting someone sent off? Uh, because that that would be in the same thing. That would be yeah. I just con- say, contrary to the sportsmanship values. That yes, we, and that, I think someone's diving uh, or simulation or whatever you want to call it now. Just call them. Just call them. But we don't need to hear the high-minded speech because this sort of thing on a rugby field happens all the time. So I'm thinking of uh, another example. And I actually think a more serious example would be that Denny Salomona uh, calling Jamie Shulcock a gay slur. Now, maybe that should be prosecuted. Um, yes, I, th- I think it probably should, actually. Uh, and uh, there was an argument to sort of... Prosecuted by the RFU. Yes, yeah. by the RFU. Yeah. You know, that's not really acceptable. But across the sport, people are trying on with each other all of the time to try and get a bit of one-upmanship, to try and um, distract people, to try and, you know, it, just all this and stuff. F- and for the most part, that happens. It, people get away with it. People accept it. It's the, the uh, Joe Marler chose the wrong person at the wrong time. And mm. that made it uh, something which peeled back the curtain and revealed to people that this happens. Now, you, you play and you know it happens. Yeah. I play and I know it happens. Mm-hmm. Phil's played, he knows it happens. And 99.9% of the time, you know, 
that the player on the receiving end smiles, laughs, just laughs thinks yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna wallop you the next chance. Yeah, I yeah. Get. yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, but it's just it was just because it got brought into the public domain and that curtain was peeled back. There had to be a performative process that was gone through. What what is performative? That's exactly the what what did what probably. And I think the the people that piped up loudest in places like Twitter are people that don't or haven't really played. No, no, I, I who, who yeah. don't who don't have that understanding of what what it's like out on the field. Not to say that it's right, wrong, or whatever. Just, just. Well, here's a here's a element of rugby values for you. Okay, so the fact that Heenan and Jan Thomas responded the way that they did with violence, you know, or physicality, is completely unacceptable because the game, the, the you know the entire premise of the game, particularly lower down the leagues, is discipline. You know, that is what rugby is about, first and foremost, is discipline. Now, if you're losing your temper because someone said nasty words, this game is going to be unplayable. So you've got to have a referee that is not only refereeing the sport and the laws of the sport, but also the words the words of the player. But I don't think it's acceptable in any way, shape or form to react to verbal to verbals with violence for the most part. There might be some very fringe circumstances, but this is what you're taught from a kid, isn't it? Yeah, but what you're also taught, what you're also yeah, taught yeah. is to, to to mind your language. Uh, no, no, you're not supposed. You're not allowed to aim it at the referee. But technically, if a referee's within earshot, yeah, keep you know, keep it down. W- watch what you say. Mm. Yeah. And uh, now, Carl Dixon said he said he didn't hear yep. w- what was said, despite standing. You know, well, I mean, he could be right, looking... ne- right next to Joe Marler. But that, by the by, um, had Carl Dixon heard it, it would have been within his rights. And what what would have been a great thing would be to go. Joe, Joe, unacceptable. You've crossed the line there. Yellow card. Go and take 10 minutes yeah. and call yeah, off. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to reverse the penalty. Penalty to Quinns yeah. for your reaction. I, I do believe Carl yeah. Dixon because like, you and I can have a conversation now. Phil could be on the phone and we could zone out completely. He's got a million and one things to worry about. Yeah, and yeah. Joe Marler's banter is not one of them. Yeah, but that, that would have been the best thing for the game if it had been dealt with immediately there. As it wasn't, you are right. I, I think something had to be done. Although, I think you make a fair point, Jay. Like... Um, Violence is never the answer. Like, no. No, no matter what what someone says, so there there could have been some warning. I, I don't think a ban or anything like that, but just some mention of uh, the issue the other way. Yeah, you're not allowed to do this. In, in, literally, the first the first thing that you're that you're told in rugby, at least the first thing that I was told. This is literally the first thing is like if you retaliate, you're going to get penalised. You mm. don't retaliate, so. That's why I think the game's quite special because you do get horrible things done to you on a regular basis and occasionally it blows up. But if it blows up and you're seen to be the first guy to throw a punch, you go off. Yeah. So this is the game that we're playing with each other all the time. Is how far can we push someone in order you know, to hit us? Now, in a lot of times, it's not really worth it because you're concentrating so much on winding them up, you're not concentrating on the game. So uh, It has it to be said, we're in awe of rugby players, particularly at the elite level where there's so much on the line professionally and you know for their team and all the rest of it but we're constantly in awe of how they manage to control themselves yeah because <laughs> to to have that level of physicality and confrontation and keep it simmered at, yeah. at an acceptable level for as much as they do is miraculous incredible frankly. if you watch rugby now and you compare it to say 20 years ago the number of fists thrown in any given game 20 years ago and now you never Incredibly rarely. rarely. It was one in the Scarlets game, unbelievably. Was uh, Yeah. It is like once a season kind of thing yeah. that you'll see fist being thrown. And that person will be dealt with. Now, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, fully. I, just don't, I, don't like, I don't like the precedent that this says 
uh, which is, you know, if you can if you can delve back into your family history and find something which upsets you. I think it was Andrew Coombs on Twitter saying something along the lines of, someone said this to me and my mother died a few years ago. I mean, that's obviously very sad, but it's still no excuse. You know, unless someone's targeting you precisely for that thing, it's no excuse. <clears throat> that, might, that's, that's, that's where, picked at yeah, that particular that's where, scab. And that's why I asked the question, because if I think if you go in premeditated with it, I think that, oh, I found this out about him, and exactly. I'm going to use that. Yeah, that's that's that, scumbag. Exactly. Now I'm not saying that's what no. has happened. And in clearly, this from, instance, uh, for, if if, but, J, if JB's sources, and there's no reason yeah. to disbelieve them, and JB won't yeah, reveal his yeah. sources, I'm sure. But if he's had from the horse's mouth that Argentinians have had the same uh, similar phrasing, similar in phrasing in Spanish, <laughs> then it suggests that it's um, it's indiscriminate and not personal. Yes. Yeah, it's very much that. Uh, th- there are a few other interesting angles. I mean, what do you think about Tobias Matson coming out and saying he might he might be scapegoated here? It, it might not be very fair. Um, I, I think it's more the the performance that like the, something has to be done. Therefore, so, therefore, we've got to do. It something. got picked up on the ref mic. It, yeah. it, it because it was the wrong person at the wrong moment. Yeah, yeah. it became a bigger. It became a thing that it would never have been for if it. If he'd, if, done it Steve, else, if he'd done it, Stephen Lewis to would yeah, he would have just left it off. Wouldn't oh, have mattered. Well, but then, then there is a there is a princi- There's a legal principle on that, like the eggshell yeah. school um, rule. Yeah, yeah. Where like you take your victim as you treat. If you do something illegal, not so. Say you punch someone, you just intend to hurt them, but they've got an eggshell thin skull and they end up dying. You take them as you find them because you did an illegal act to them. You mm. take the full force of. Yeah. Um, the consequences. Yeah. Now, there is an element of that in here, but I, th- I actually think probably, other than the performative nature, it's probably been dealt with right. Yeah. A couple of game ban yeah. feels about right. If it had, if it had taken Back away... Six Nations, the most important part. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. if it had taken away any possibility of him playing this in the Six Nations, that might have been heavy-handed. Yeah. Had, had they just not mentioned it and cracked on, then that might have felt a bit... That, that would I've have got to say, wrong. these disciplinary panels, when you have... I'm not saying this is the case at all, but you could easily see it being the case. When you've got the RFU, who are the administrator of the game, all all games, but they also run the pro international team, and they also do the, the, the discipline. And then you add to that mix the fact that they are very, very sensitive about losing games, uh, and it's commercially sensitive that they win things like the, like mm. the Six Nations. If you were a cynic, and I'm not a cynic or a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, but if you were one of those two things, or maybe both, or both of things, them, <laughs> it doesn't really hurt the RFU that much, does it? You get your best loose head prop, you rest him for two weeks, but miraculously he'll be okay for the for, you know for the big ticket thing. <laughs> if they were serious, they say, look, you can play your home games, for, no, sorry, you can play your club games for Harlequins because you know you just can. But to really teach you a lesson, we're going to ban you from England yeah, for two yeah. games, and then you can't get your match fee. Because that's yeah. yeah, that yeah, that's a real, that's a yeah, real. Because to be fair, they, they cost well, no, not they. Dylan Hartley did it to himself, but uh, <laughs> they, they handed out a heavy ban when Dylan Hartley would have been playing for the Lions. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no problem. To not say, an issue. I'm sure he missed a few. I think he missed games. a World Cup as well. I think he missed a few England games as well. <laughs> yeah, in fairness. Yeah. So anyway, so nice to see the winner of all this is the RFU. Well done, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that, one thing Alex Anderson revealed in his press conference uh, last week was that Steve Borthwick had, uh, just before he went into the press conference, he, he and he mentioned it in the press conference, he said, oh, I've, I've just missed a call from Steve Borthwick. Uh, I haven't had a chance to call him back. What do you think Steve Borthwick might have been calling Alex Anderson to ask about? To I think about? he knows Alex Anderson loves to talk in the press. 
and he thought, if Alex Sanderson's going to go on TV in two in two minutes, I'm going to call him and then just, just one ring him, hang up, and I bet he mentions it. I, I am certain it will be the fitness of his star fly half, Rob Dupree. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, it's either asking how close to a return is George Ford or it's saying... Now, did Rob Dupree get any caps for South, for South Africa? <laughs> I don't think he did. He did. He's got one. Has he? Oh, he has, has he? One, yeah. Oh, gutted. Is it a full cap? Oh, it's a full cap. gutted. So, oh, has he got an English uh, parent or grandparent? No. No, not like uh, Paddy Jackson. Pa- Paddy Jackson, <laughs> ne- next cap off the rank. <laughs> Hear me now, believe me later. Anyway, i tell you who deserves a load of credit. Alex Anderson. A load of credit. Absolutely. Beat down. That was a hell yeah. of a game. That was a statement performance. And it was a hell of a game as well. Because mm. that first 15, 20 minutes, where Leicester have four kickable penalties, turn them all down, go for the corner four times, and get held out. Mm. And then the tide just turned. Yeah. It I was just... certain, absolutely certain that Sale were losing this game. Oh, 10 yeah. Minutes in. Yeah, 100%. Leicester, it was inevitable. Leicester were going to win. They were going to keep turning the screw, keep forcing the pressure, get points on the board. It was going to be over. And Sale absorbed all of that and then just fought back like like nothing else. Why do you think... So I've got my own theory on how Sale turned this round. Why do you think that they were able to turn it around so effectively? Um, interesting. I think there's probably an element of it that was just the the swings of the game. Like A few things went Leicester's way that led to those penalties in, early on. And then probably it was... Hmm. The other the other side of it, uh, just remembering back to the game, Leicester lost half their team through injury, didn't they? They did lose quite a few guys. Well, that's more towards the second half. They, they lost Cracknell early on, didn't yeah. they? They lost... Who else did they lose? They lost Freddie Burns. They lost Pollard, Burns, Watson. They ended up with Ogre playing in the centre, Portfleet playing 10. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the points... Other, so, a lot of the points were scored in the second half. So three of Sale's four tries were the second half, weren't they? Yeah. So that so, ties in with those those injuries. So the reason I think it sort of went downhill for Leicester is because Sale were pretty smart about things. So in the early exchanges, there was so much kicking. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you can't beat Leicester through tactical mm-hmm. kicking. It's mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. a nightmare for you. I think that Leicester work on like a macro level. And I think they must do this a lot in training, which is... Deciding where they want to kick the ball, deciding when and how they want to play, determining where the battlefield's gonna gonna be, and then fighting that pitch battle there. That's what I think that they do. So as Sale are banging the ball back and they're getting into this kicking battle, Leicester are gonna win that nine times out of ten. But when Sale started running at them, started using their big carriers, kicking less, you know, getting out of trouble, um, using um, using big ball carriers, dominating mm. the game line, they were so much better, mm. and that made a huge difference. Because I don't think less, I don't think less to deal with that well. You've got a good defence, but nobody can put up with that for that amount of time. And when you're kicking the ball and having kick chases and letting Leicester organise and all that kind of thing, you're in for a long, hard afternoon, including Saracens, you know, mm. including Saracens, which is basically how they lost the final. Mm. So that was a hell of a performance by Sale. Yes, it, it was. It was great result. Um, it'd be interesting to see how many of those Leicester Tigers injuries are, injuries are long term. I did um short what was his name? Um the was it Janssen? Sean Janssen. Sean um, Janssen who came yeah. on for Cracknell. Did he go off as well? He was yellow uh, carded. Was he so Visa obviously went off. Yeah. Uh oh, sorry, it went off. Visa's obviously injured, which is why Cracknell's playing. But Cracknell's then injured, which so 
if you've got kind of three guys or at least your first two number eights missing, that can cause a few problems. Yeah, they were very unlucky with uh, injuries last year, but mm. the other part of that was less, um Sale just absolutely panned them. They did. Absolutely panned them. They were dominant in most areas of the set piece. They were particularly dominant in the scrum, which I very much enjoyed. Uh, and they managed to stop Leicester's driving wall. I mm. think three or four times in the opening ten minutes. Well, four, there was four, four successful kicks to the corner. And yeah. they stopped all of them. Now, Johnny Hill was very good, very disrupted. On, I, on I don't, again, it's an, that's another guy who I did not think was a good signing. I thought he should have gone to France. I just couldn't see what it depends you know, on offer. Much, but it depends on how much money they paid for him, doesn't it? A lot. Yeah. An awful lot. But he, but he does a, work. He works well, actually. And he's a big body. He's a, <laughs> he's huge, a very huge big man. body. Uh, big, strong boy, defo. And yeah. he's, he's, more, um, he's more athletic than you think as well. Yeah, the, the guy I think... I, so you need to move on from pretty rapidly is Manu Tuolangi. Yeah, I agree. Someone else. He's just not very good. Uh, I mean, he's well, done just some nice touches. But he's also used, he's used at 12, he's used in more of a blunt force way. Yeah. He's, which obviously he's a good blunt force guy, but I don't think he's effective. I've never seen him have a great game from 12, whereas not all his best for Leicester and England was always 13. That's very true. Yeah. Um, is there anything else I wanted to mention about this? Gus War is awesome. If uh, Rob Dupree is the best fly half in the world, Gus War's prob- Gus War is probably <laughs> the best b- best nine in the world. I'll, I'll tell you who I thought That's had a good game. Down. Luke James. I thought played. Luke James at fifteen. Yeah. He, yeah. he won. He won you our FRD matchup this week. Phil, pretty much single handedly. He's a free agent pickup. Yeah. Uh, midnight the night before, something like that. Thirty points. Luke James is a funny character, right? Because he's the guy who's so easily droppable. As soon as you've got a trendy piece in your team or a young up-and-coming guy, Luke James is always the one that gets gets binned off. If you had a flat out a speedster or someone like that, yeah, you'd, you'd get dropped. But every time they play him, he does so well. It, I mean, I, 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 I love the guy. I think he's absolutely brilliant. He's a natural rugby player. He might not be the fastest. He always seems to break the first tackle. He, he made 150 metres and beat 10 defenders there you this go. week. So there you go. <laughs> show me someone playing this week who people, did more than, more than that. People thought, thought that he wouldn't make it. Because he was a back row and they moved him to 12. Was he a back row at one point? Yeah, that's why he never really uh, did anything in England under 20s. He's always in the wrong position. What? Yeah. <laughs> they finally moved him. Uh, like, Isn't he the same age as the Curry boys as well? Yeah, he is. How how, were the, how was he a back row? <laughs> With the, who knows? Who was mismanaging? Oh, that was when Dimes was in charge, wasn't well, it? Well, hang on. Dimes gave, gave him his chance. I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I love how softly, how ferocious the Curry twins are and how softly spoken they are the Ben Curry is captain it's wonderful sorry sir yes um, I, I, I take your point on the number of penalties we're conceding but I would, oh. just, I would just point out they were all for different things sir. yes I was going to say <laughs> I, I, love I did that. like that we uh, uh, the diversity of sale infringements look sir we broke all the laws <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> no it was an, an awesome win and actually good crowd as well 9,000 9, plus that is a good that is a, good a crowd great crowd really you don't think 9,000 plus is a good crowd? No, no, no. <laughs> 9, were there really 9,000 there? There were really 9,000 there. That's but, If that's true, that's great. Uh, do you want me to give you the, the exact number? Yes. Okay, this is from... Ultimate Rugby. Ultimate Rugby. So, I mean, this, that's, is, that's, that's, so this is Sale versus Richmond. Uh, 4,000... Uh, sorry. 9,491. Did you say the, Sale versus Richmond? Yeah, it was a joke because it's ultimate <laughs> rugby. Okay. Sale versus Buster. <laughs> that's well, that's positive. That's right. That, that well, have you seen the attendances across the league? I mean, obviously it's a the big weekend, period, festive yeah. period. But yeah, yeah. Northampton was a sellout. 
Gloucester was almost a sellout. Mm. There was a lot of big attendances. Well, good. That, that is good. Mm. I'm yeah. pleased about that. You mentioned Richmond, and I, I think game of the weekend. We've been talking about local derbies recently, but uh, Richmond v London Scottish. Oof, share, share the same ground. Do they? Do Ma- know that? Mark Bright uh, has switched allegiances from one to the other in recent years. Well, he's gone to... He's gone to London Scottish. He's at Richmond. He used yeah, to be okay. in London Scottish. Didn't know that. And uh, Richmond won. Very well coached pack. Wow. Good, London very... Scottish are kicking themselves now. What, what, they... what they could have had. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what they ended up with. Unlucky boys. Um, any, any any other grassroots... Did you keep your eye on any other grassroots scores? Nothing happened, really. Mm. Nothing was going on. Is that right? So we... we're not back in action until this weekend. It's Witness Week for Talk H. Oh, the big one. Big one for us. Witness aren't doing as well as they should be, in my opinion. Um, they put up some big scores when they play the right sort of team. They don't seem to be the force that they were last year, but they beat us earlier on in the season, so we won't be taking them lightly. Actually, there was Ooh. a little tweet we got linked to. Someone has been taking up your mantle by the look of it and investigating walkovers. Oh, yeah, in, good, uh, good. In their region, it was in the counties leagues in the southeast. Mm. And um, I'm going to try and find it. Oh yeah, Scott Le- Scott Lydon. Uh, he says, uh, see below about the state of the game. These are only the Nationals and not the Merit Leagues where the problem is m- more acute. So the Merit Leagues are where it's second, Twos, threes, yeah. second, third teams. So this is London and South East. In the London and South East League, 57 home walkovers and 21 away walkovers. 55 home walkovers. So 63 in total walkovers in the Midlands. 35 in the North and 170 in the Southwest. In so in total, there's three. Basically, there's 346 walkovers in the first half of the season. Does he give how many games there are in total in that period? I mean, yes, it's a good question. I don't know. Obviously, you want to know it as a percentage Uh, or ratio. But even without that, that's still shocking numbers. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I mean, if, if there was. If there was a hundred million games and there's 346, that's that's low, that's tolerable numbers. But there's there were fewer than 100, uh, 100 million games. Yeah, so it's on target to be around about the 700 mark for the season if that is replicated in the second half, God. which is yeah concerning to say the least. Yeah, so definitely one to watch. Yeah. So very good win for sale. Yeah, extremely good. There Sta- was statement victory. Massively. There was another good. Um, a few statement victories. Uh, statement week, victory in a top of the table, or what would historically be a top of the table clash. A mid table versus top top of the table clash is what you mean. Currently, this this season, yes, and last season, very much so. Um, Saracens hammered Exeter. Yeah, it's a point that this isn't even funny. This this was a beatdown as well, wasn't it? Yeah, this was like almost almost not a shot fired from Exeter, and Saracens just in control, having fun. Faz with the oh, pass out the back. What a pass. Just stopped and admired it and high-fiving uh, his teammates as um, it was Lewington crashed over for that oh, one, wasn't I'm it? I'm going to find it. There's a great article from Owen Farrell as well, actually, that I saw. I mean, Exeter did better than Leicester. I'll give him credit. Uh, better they two, two points better, did they not? Well, but they conceded five fewer. That is true. But so they... the points difference was worse for Leicester. Exactly. 35 so, to 32. Yeah, so Exeter so, yeah. did worse. Did better. <laughs> did better. Sorry, did better. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. It's a quote from Owen Farrell. 
I'm not bothered about the opinions of people I don't care about. <laughs> uh, like sorry, the, sorry, like sorry. I'm not bothered. I'm not after praise from people I don't know. Sorry, I okay, mis- misrepresented him slightly. That is slightly weird. Not I don't care about. That's that a weird like, comment. Well, that's a bizarre comment. He's much maligned by many people, yourself included, oh, because of those stupid comments. <laughs> you, when was the last time you heard a comment like that from Owen Farrell? Well, it's just added fuel to the fire. He doesn't <laughs> care. But what do you mean he doesn't care about the, the opinions of people that he doesn't know? I mean, if that was actually your genuine opinion in, in life, you'd, you'd wonder around, you'd, you'd wonder around just being an absolute arsehole all the time. <laughs> I don't know these people, so what difference does it make? Is that why you behave your way? Correct. That's exactly why. That's exactly why. At <laughs> least I back it up. So it's, the narciss- least I back it- so it's the narcissism of small differences you and Owen Farrell. Yeah, at least I back it up with consistently arsehole-like behaviour. <laughs> so, no, I... What a rubbish comment. Anyway. It's not quite as um, funny as the Zlatan Ibrahimovic quote, the lion doesn't um, interest himself with the opinion of sheep. <laughs> yeah, he is actually my favourite sportsman. Yeah. <laughs> Ibrahimovic. I do like Ibrahimovic. He's incredible. He's incredible. In, it, it was Ronaldo for a little while, but now it's Ibrahimovic. <laughs> just, just, just for his antics. Yeah. Yeah. Partying with uh, Castro Giovanni. Yeah. Oh, Yes. Yeah. I wonder so what Castro's up to now. Hmm. Still part- Japan? Pool party. Pool parties? Pool parties. He did, like, um, Strictly Come Dancing or something a few years ago in Italy, didn't he? Don't know, did he? Yeah, yeah. So it was last, last I've heard of him. Other, other than the debacle uh, last couple of years where it came out that he wasn't actually el- eligible to play for Italy when, Too he, late. when he got capped. Well, yeah, uh, that right. was in about 2002, so... <laughs> Irrelevant. So, um, Exeter. Yes. I think things are going to get worse for them, you know. Mm, well, they're, they're losing a few more players. Yeah, but is it, um, oh, what's his name? Back row, who everyone loves. Vermaelen? Vermeulen? No, the other Ewers. one. Ewers. No, the other one. Simmons? Uh, Capstick? No, no, it's a South African one. Oh, uh, Kirsten. Uh, Kirsten. Kirsten. Apparently, Kirsten's on his way back to a South African team. Really? Which okay. is going to be a big loss because I think he's a good player. And as long it, as they keep everyone else, he's a good, he is a good player, but he, he's one of one of many losses actually. Yeah, they just. I think they are struggling to find what their team is going to be like. I think they're struggling to replicate the success that they had with. I mean, obviously these players aren't nobodies, but they were nobodies when they sh- showed up at Exeter. Well, mm. I can't remember who we were talking about this in relation to last week. It might have been Saracens actually. We were, funnily enough, this being the game, we were talking about Saracens. The the young guys are that there aren't quite the same 18, 19, 20-year-olds coming into the Saracens team that there were when mm, it's yeah. OG and Farrell and, yep. and Jamie George and all the rest of it came through. And I suppose the same is possibly true in Exeter. Well, it's a funny thing. When teams are doing really well, you can yeah. introduce youngsters in and they don't look out of place because the rest of the team is so strong. Yeah, you, you introduce there isn't one the same, or two at a time. But yeah. with the case of Saracens and Exeter, there isn't the same impetus because you've got a real, you've got a quality cast of international standard players mm. yeah both that having is got true. to the top of Europe so there's not the opportunity for them whereas there are other clubs where a lot of youngsters are coming through where the opportunities have presented themselves because the squad hasn't been that great yeah it's going to be difficult for Exeter it's a, I mean it's not re, I don't think it's a rebuild I don't think they're going to have to bring in loads more players but the players they've currently got have just got to get a lot better got Le- to step up Leicester, yeah. Leicester was the example when Borthwick came in it had had Leicester been a, a top performing team challenging for honours would all of those youngsters that are now 
fixtures in the team, would they all have had the same opportunity to come come in? No, no. no. And he had to go. Had there been relegation, would they have all had the same opportunity to come in? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So Exeter do like lack a bit of quality in depth. I think second row would be one area. Uh, I think centres is, is is the other area, and actually a nine as well. I don't think Morden's. I've always liked Morden, but I don't think he's kick, kicked on either of them. It's actually. big, big drop from Nick White. Whoever, Massive. whoever it was, massively. I never thought they needed Nick Nick White because do you remember Townsend played the final? I think won the final before Nick White showed up. Well, he's played a final in prem, the Premiership final. Yes, yeah. I thought, wow, Nick White seems like a very expensive luxury now. But no, it does seem like he's he, made he, an he enormous was... difference and losing him has made an enormous uh, an enormous yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, Peter Shaw has emailed contactedchasers at gmail.com and was watching the Saracens v Exeter game. I think Peter's over in the States, isn't he? So that must mm. have been the game on uh, Peacock over there. Uh, he says, uh, does any winger work harder than Jack Noll? Uh, Noll, I'd argue no. His second point on this game was, uh, I think, as you've said, Saracens completely outplayed a decent Exeter team in every facet. It helps they can bring several internationals and near internationals like Tizard off the bench and Springbok Francois Houhard could be seen on the bench, not in the 23, calculating how to continue to pay for his Lambo now (laughs) now Wasps have collapsed. Um, I actually saw the normally dour Owen Farrell smile not once but twice during the match. Once when Andy Christie scored his first try and the second time when he set up Lewington's try with that ridiculous pass. He was pure class and controlled the game masterfully. The Chiefs still have the market cornered on the worst haircuts in the Prem. All fair points. Yes. And then the Faz, there was the grubber kick. Uh, was that for the Christie try? There was a grubber kick early on in, in the first half where he kind of showed and then dropped it onto his foot. But it never got replayed. Like it was just... If, if, it's the kind of thing where if Finn Russell does that yeah. or, or Marcus Smith, everyone is talking about it for weeks. And the, the out-the-back pass was the same. Yeah, um, I, I thought Faz was absolutely class in yeah. this game. He has been all the, all all, the, all this all year season. in the yeah, prem. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter says some rugby wishes. I wonder if you want to add to any of these or echo any of these. He would like more ball in hand. Nope. In rugby. <laughs> <laughs> more eight threes or eight sixes. Uh, fewer human caterpillars protecting the box kick. Nope. I'm, I'm okay. So as I'm okay. The five with seconds that. is in force. So what 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 you my thing would be. As soon as the ball is playable at any point in the caterpillar, you've got five seconds. That's where it's use it. Hundred percent. Because now you're given about fifteen seconds to get the caterpillar set up, and then you've given five seconds. And the first game of 2023, you have to say, if Luke Pierce was Luke Pierce, awesome. Yeah, if that was the directive, and that's how we could be going, great. <laughs> so I didn't actually think that's why Luke Pierce was good. I like it. I like it because he made decisions, and people disagree with him. Well, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. He's in charge. He did that several times. And on that point, which is, uh, Peter then says, uh, less meddling by the TMO for small offensive, the, re- the offences the ref misses. That is what's now yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, Warriors somehow making a comeback in the championship. And again, it's all gone quiet on that front now still. They're not coming back. Um, he's ho- it doesn't feel great, does it? It doesn't feel great. Uh, hoping for the most competitive Rugby World Cup ever. At this stage, we talked about this previously, it looks like we're we're heading towards that. Uh, a more harmonious world rugby calendar. I remember a time when somehow the English Prem, Pro 14, Top 14, Curry Cup, Super Rugby, Six Nations, Tri Nations, and Four Tours all somehow got done without much overlap. It's a good point. Uh, a better Heineken Cup tournament uh, and a trip where JB doesn't lose his phone and wallet. Yeah, <laughs> remarkable. He says, remarkable this, this last one I appreciate is clearly the biggest reach in my hopes for 2023. <laughs> me too. Me too, Peter. <laughs> I've, oh, I've, I've in fact, that reminds me that there's a 
Um, I don't know if it would help you actually, to be honest. But I've th- I because I'm quite prone to losing phone keys or wallet. Um, I've I got uh, Father Christmas in my little stocking. Brought me a couple of these little devices. One yeah. one that slides into a wallet and one that goes on my key ring. Unbelievably, I lost my wallet with that thing in it. <laughs> a petrol station I'm sure it just dropped off my anyway yeah, yeah. I've, I've tried them they're no good okay <laughs> they don't work um, I was going to say something about Luke Pierce. he did the Northampton Quinns game did he not yes that was a good game that's I mean not a, for that's another another down, statement yeah win for Northampton because they showed they had a bit of grit that they quite often lack they looked amazing mm. like, they looked genuinely amazing um Ferocious. It, in comms, they were saying, Dunbig has been great. Dunbig had, had been great for them. They have pulled off some coup with Finn Smith. Finn Smith. And to put him in there and just watch him play as well as he is, it's it's quite something. His, uh, his range of passing is yeah. exceptional. Um, do you know um, the guy who plays at Gloucester? Atkinson, centre. Seb. Seb Atkinson. The, the second best, second best uh, Atkinson, Atkinson centre in Gloucester. Do you know he was a ten, just like Mark Atkinson, just like Mark Atkinson. Mm. Of course, he couldn't play ten because he's the same age group as Finn Smith, which is why he plays and plays in the centres now. He's also absolutely enormous. He's mm. a big old boy. Uh, he doesn't play like Mark Atkinson though. I've got to say he's a bit more robust going forward, but mm. doesn't have the hands. But yeah, that was quite an interesting chat. I was like, so how come you're playing where you are? So like, well, Finn Smith is playing ten, and therefore I wasn't able to. Um, mm. You know, wasn't able to apply apply my trade there, but Finn Smith, Northampton, right? They have had some questionable recruitment decisions in the past, but generally speaking, they get it more right than wrong, particularly when it comes to recruiting young English talent. So when they won the Premiership, that was all based on young young English talent. I think that was based on Steve Diamond and Malander being part of the England under twenty setup, maybe at the time they've got this knack of identifying young English uh, talent and then making them the cornerstone of their team for years and years to come the, it's quite impressive the one question mark would be the front row yes and, Quinn, and Quinns aren't going to give you well particularly a Marla less Quinns aren't going to give you the, the examination that some other sides would well Marla and Lowe not starting is obviously yeah. a big deal but they have tried to address that with the front row but I think in the same way that you can gamble on a young 10, because you can look at him and go, yeah, skills are good, kicking's good, yeah, he can stretch the field with his boot, yada, yada, yada. There's some in, some indications that this boy is going to be quite good, right? It's a very different thing when you're picking up props. So they tried to do this with, with Paul Hill. Mm-hmm. When he, who started this weekend. Yeah, who you know, he got in when he was 21. A, fr- a Franks. Fr- Fr- both Franks. Franks. Yes. No, that was London Irish got both Franks. Yeah. They only was it had, London Irish? They only had the London Irish one. went for both Franks and then Northampton went for the better Franks. Owen. I yeah. thought Northampton got both Franks. I don't, I don't think I th- so. I thought, who's the other one? Well, oh, anyway, Ben and Owen. Ben, yeah, the anyway, old one. Neither of them really worked. Yeah. Um, the other lad, the huge tight head that they've got. Uh, uh, Oin. Uh, it'd be Aaron Painter. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Painter. Painter. Yeah, yeah, it's not really worked. He was looking like he was going to be box office superstar. Well, it's England, very England hard. Had a few years back. Very hard to find good, effective young, young props. I mean, even I mean Leicester. They've they, got. They a both couple. did play at Northampton. I thought they did. Yeah, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, because Irish yeah. got relegated, and then that's when they picked up uh, yeah. Franks too. Ben oh. went there first, and Owen followed. Okay. Mm. Yeah. There you go. 
So, yeah, I think they've tried to pull off the same trick of getting <clears throat> props in at a budget when they're young, um, if you're like young, young English lads, but it's just harder to work out if they're going to be good. Mm. So Leicester have got some good young props, but even they rotate in with the more senior guys. I think James Whitcomb's very, very good. In fact, the only young props I can think of have made a substantial impact immediately, people like Bevan Rod, but that's because they're more than just props. James Harper's very, very good at a sale too well it, but, but, but again more broadly speaking i actually think and we've talked about tight head but props generally bearing in mind england's dna and how what you've always thought mm. it's not it's not great no it's not is it it's not great it's not well that's what dan calls it it's tight head that's not great i think i think loose yeah loose said said you've got options ellis like, gens joe marler bevan rod um, um Rupava, ruskin. Rupava, ruskin there's another one that's in the actual english uh mako Polar. Yeah, there's plenty of loose heads. Yeah, Mako's a great, a great prop, an all-time great prop. Maybe not a great scrummager. Scrum- yeah, yeah, agreed. I think Marla is the most complete of the loose heads. Still to this day, he is the best loose head. Uh, and I, I, he might he's be the best, best loose head by best some distance. His work around the park, though. Genji is a very good scrummager. And, good carrier. And his carrying is yeah. different level. It's good carrier. Yeah, it is. It he's is a totally different kettle of fish to, to well, Marla. You got, he got he got mullered. Uh, last time out for England, yeah, well, as the whole England front road is. Yeah, well, yeah. look, you, you, you've got um, Genge, whose thing is aggressive ball carrying, being very aggressive in your face, mm-hmm. decent scrummager. I would say that Vinopola is the less, uh, the lesser of the scrummagers, but then has this amazing ability to carry and also use his hands. His, his hands are. Did you do you see the little trick play for the tr- Andy Christie try? No, I didn't. From in the Saracens game, which was a Saracens. That lined up to do the first try, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first yeah. try. Yeah, they lined up to do what to Exeter, what Exeter do to other teams, which was penalty five meters from Exeter's line. Uh, Mako lined up to tap it and go and crash up, and he tapped it and like he he, he kind of dived forward at the line as if he's gonna crash in, and then just popped it to Billy, who popped it to Andy Christie, and Andy Christie just flops over the line. That's that's ridiculous. It was quality it was awesome i might have to i might have to look that up actually it was absolutely it was i'll tell you one thing it was high risk it was, yeah, it sounds, it was, it was high risk. it was not simple I, I don't know if it was intended for mako to pass while diving or whether he just tapped the ball too far because he got a bit ex- excited oh, i see but it it looked incredible it worked it couldn't have worked any better yeah i, I think where marla's got the advantage over all of them is his hard work in defense Mm. I think that's actually more important than being able to carry, being able to handle. Multi, um, and he can do this. Bilingual as well. Bilingual, <laughs> yeah. He, he can communicate with Spanish referees, no problem. It's weird, isn't it? When Wayne Bourne speaks French, he gets all sorts of plaudits. But Marla, nothing. <laughs> well, people, you've brought this awareness to the table. No one knew about Joe Marla's Well, that's because they don't do the research, talent. research that, that I do. Hey, I've been drinking with um, another... Rugby luminary yeah, this, like, this week. In fact, let's talk about Gloucester for a bit. The actual day at Gloucester. Um, well, yeah, okay. So y- you, like you say, you you had, you had a few beers with Ed Slater. Yep. And Jamal. Uh, and Jamal. Lo- well, me. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And Jamal um, destroyed... Um, destroyed the rest of the household at Trivial Pursuits. <laughs> so it's Jamal and I versus my wife, her sister, and her husband. What, at your, at the place you were staying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jamal so, came, came did, yeah, he go, so, did he go back with you after? Or yeah, yeah, so he before? gave us a lift, and then we ended up playing a quick game of of of, of, tri, of tri, tri, trivial, trivial Pursuits. Love it. Now, you know, Jamal's job is effectively to just push push humans round a round a rugby field. That is his, that is his expertise. And throw people about a wrestling ring. Yeah, throw people around a wrestling ring. It's very much you know things which don't have a selection or a section on uh, trivial pursuits. My hobby is actually very very similar, which is trying to push men round fields against us. Stacked up a formidable range of seven seven degrees and two masters. <laughs> we smashed them. We smashed them. Never ever mistake qualifications for intelligence. So uh, yeah, after we uh, gave them an absolute beatdown. Is it is it a new version of Trivial Pursuit? So, uh, I I I used we used to play it all the time, but I've not seen it for years. Have you not? The same? I pl- uh, uh, well, I don't know which version this was. It felt a little bit more modern. So we battered them at Trivial Pursuit, and then we thought, right, well let's let's play our game. And then we scrimmaged them around the house over and over again. <laughs> game over. Game over. So yeah, uh, Gloucester is a—it's a funny old place. It's a funny old place. It's like nowhere that I've been to watch watch rugby before. So various places have various um, appeals to them. Obviously, Bath is incredible. Um, we've spoke many, many times about the delights of the AJ Bell um, <laughs> Harlequins. I really enjoy the match experience, but there's nothing quite like Gloucester. It's 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 quite cool and it's quite bizarre. So Gloucester is a town, there's not that much going on there, to be fair. Nope. Most of it kind of goes on in Cheltenham, so that's where you want to go for your beers. But when you get there, they've got like a range of pubs, so Teague's is good fun. Yeah. But there's this other one, which is just outside of King's Home, and they've got a DJ playing, and it's completely pitch black, and it's six at night, and it feels like, well, they're basically playing some sort of Ibiza set, and it's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we, we had, a, had a few beers there. I would actually say at this point, Jamal is probably the most famous non-international rugby player in Gloucester. In fact, if not the most famous international rugby player. Were, were there no, any other... Rugby player in you didn't have a control uh, group with this because you were just with Jamal, who's a Gloucester player. Yeah. Were, you, were there any other Gloucester players that were getting blanked and not looked at? Because I, I think it's just Gloucester. If you're a Gloucester rugby player, you are... You're a big deal. You're a big you're deal. You're a huge deal. Yeah, that that is fair. We didn't have, we didn't have a control group. Um... He's also used for various sort of uh, present like presentations. So he had to give a shirt to a couple of local Euro millionaires, which is you know quite quite cool. I, I suspect they were looking for some sponsorship. Yeah, or, I imagine you know, there might be the oil in some wheels there. Yeah, here's a shirt. Give us ten million quid, please, or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's yeah. I, I couldn't recommend Gloucester more highly just for a pure rugby experience. Um, you, we got to the. And I'm just going to say, uh, in every sense of what you just said, you said it for a pure rugby experience, as in it's it's a proper rugby, proper rugby, but it's like rugby for the purest. It's uh, it's it's, per- it's it, perfect. It's uh, they've got a real modern track that they play on now, and the team play really good rugby. 
but in in every sense it's like an it's like a an old school yeah. afternoon isn't it you go to the AJ Bell an hour before kickoff no one's in there they're all having a beer outside i arrived at king's home at 12 p.m. kickoff is at 3 so 3 hours to burn 12 p.m. and i go out on the, onto the onto this little balcony area and look across at the shed i bloody hell what are those guys doing 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 there and the shed is half full it's half full now i don't know how gloucester are not profitable I genuinely don't know. I mean, maybe there's not enough people in hospitality. Maybe they don't have enough high-value sort of fans or whatnot, but the fan base is superb. So they come about a couple of hours before the people in the shed just to have a few beers and make sure that they've got like they've got their place. I've never, I've never seen anything, anything. I mean, in what sale, we certainly don't have, have that there. I mean, there are things in sale they actually do do better than Gloucester, um, but that's not one of them. There are quite a few people that turn up early at the Crumbie stand in Leicester to get their spot on the terraces there. Do they? Um, but it. But same goes. They're just like massively passionate rugby crowds. Mm. It's great. It's it great. really is. It really is. And also, I must admit, I've got a real soft spot for Gloucester players in general. They just all seem like a good bunch. Like they all seem very approachable. Um, I mean, we've interviewed. I've interviewed. God knows how many of them now. About five or six of them. So mm. I don't know what it is about that club, but they seem. I don't. I wonder if it's a case of. Is it an accident? Is it a case that they? Um, pick up uh, people that are just you know <clears throat> nice, like nice, n- like nice players, nice lads. I, I don't know, but they all seem to be very approachable, good e- people. Gloucester is the sort of place egos are not tolerated, and I'm trying, yeah, to, I'm trying to point, think actually. of examples of where it hasn't worked. But I'm sure Gloucester seems to seems to me, like I said, it feels old school. Yeah, and mm. uh, and the fact it's in town, connected to its all, uh, community, and its community is very traditional. Um, and there's 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 you know quite a uh, like you say, Cheltenham's up the road. That's all very nice and well to do. Gloucester's got a kind of little bit of grit to it. Hasn't yeah, it? it's like um, it's how can I say? It's the Somerset version of Wigan, or the Gloucestershire version of, of Gloucestershire version of Wigan. Really, I mean, it's like a, an old industrial town from the north between these nice little towns like Bath and Cheltenham and yeah. you know, all the rest of it. And you can imagine if you eat, I can imagine Wig, Wigan rugby league's the same. You're not gonna very. very you're not yeah. gonna, they're not going to deal with prima donnas. No. No. Now, well. I tell you who is going to be a, a legitimate hero in, in Gloucester, if he stays there for any length of time, is Santi Carreras. Carreras. Oh, my word. That boy is so good. and He's rapid. Yeah. He's seriously, seriously talented, isn't he? And, you know, we were joking that, I mean, Mark Atkinson came on this, on this podcast, and he actually couldn't name him as an international player. Who did he name as an international player before he named? Well, Hastings. Hastings. No, he named someone else. Did he say Billy 12 or something? You think it's a maybe, trick question? Maybe, or uh, Lloyd Evans, maybe? Yeah, he named someone else. Like, no, Sam, uh, Santi Carreras. That last kick, it was not in doubt by anyone who plays with him that he was going to get it over. It's like, yeah. I, what, what was the I game like to watch? Because 6 5 on the. Or 8 eight, 5. 8 6. Eight, six sorry. Eight, six. Couldn't be any Classic. better. Couldn't be any better. It's, your, it's nearly your perfect scoreline, though. Yeah, it, it was. But with London thought, Irish and Gloucester on that surface, I know I was in. Uh, I was up the road in Stroud, and the weather was miserable. It was miserable, but you know, London Filthy. Irish and you know, fair play to them. They still play some nice stuff. They had some, they had some nice moves running. I think, you know, if I'm to be critical of Gloucester as a team, they need to look at their attack a bit, a bit more closely. They don't offer much going forward, so they get into the right positions there. Line-out is pretty decent, as we all know, but they don't have that cutting edge, and I don't know what, what it is, but there's something missing from that. Mark Atkinson's That's missing. That. It could be that. Mm. It could be that. It feels more system-led to me. It feels that they don't know really what they're doing as a team. 
So, uh, it's hard to say. But their attack does need a, not much work, but something needs to change. Well, Car- Carreras yeah. is such a he's such a talented individual, but he's not playing in the position that he's the system is set up for him to play in. Yeah, he's supposed to be the fifteen with Adam Hastings. Well, he's going to be a winger. Right. He showed up as a winger. Yeah, yeah. But he is going to be a shed superstar should he oh, stay. I'm there. curious. He is, like, does Ed Slater go to every game because he was at that game and you sat next to him? I don't know actually. So he's still watching a lot of. A lot of rugby. Yeah. Um, so if you want to know anything about you know um, six six man lineouts, he was I mean, nausing. He was nausing with you on six man lineouts. Exactly. Exactly. Did you have a little notebook out? <laughs> he he did have a notebook out no. actually, and I um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and I taught him everything that he needed needed to know. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I tell you that story? He did tell me one good one cool story, um, which I really enjoyed, and maybe I, sh- I should get him back on the podcast to tell it in a bit bit more detail. When Aaron Major was um, in charge at Glo- uh, in charge at Leicester, the first thing he did as a culture thing was made all the players carry this rope everywhere. The rope was going to bind bind them together, and uh, he had to carry the rope into meeting rooms, into whatever. And he said, like in the end, we just had to sit and look. Look, it's fine, but it's not working. <laughs> uh, he was devastated. Like, 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 why, like, why? So, uh, yeah, there, there was there's quite a few cool little. Cool little anecdotes like that. I can't remember why we got onto that. He knew his audience. He knew his audience. He was talking to JB. I know a story JB will love about <laughs> culture. I would say, I would say, him and I think very, very similar about things like things such as culture. And I tell you what, um, they they do like Skivington. I think Skivington. Mm. You talk about the no nonsense culture of Gloucester. Well, this guy is no is no nonsense. Mm. You know the fact that he's gone back to driving balls. How much? How much do they love a driving ball? How much do they love a scrum? They've got two props now in Rapala um, Ruskin and, and Balmain who yeah. who are doing the business. Uh, Jamal will be coming back in back back, back into c- circulation soon. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So you know, it's like the the whole whole club and the whole town sort of fits together. They've done. I I still I'm still baffled. You know how they ended up with with Skivington because if you think about the amount of money that they spent on high end coaches and celebrities, celebrities coaching types. So. David Humphreys, Humphreys Ackerman. Ackerman. yeah. Um, there's someone else in the mixer. I can't, can't, I can't remember now. Um, and then anyway, so Ackerman then had a bevy of co- coaches beneath him. Like to get rid of those guys and go, yeah, we'll have the lineup coach from London Irish, and it, for it to be as successful as it is, shows some real, real thoughts, mm. real thoughts. So a good win all round. Yep, completely agree. And after. Yeah. And it Capitulating put, in the way they did against Leicester, they had to win. Oh, they yeah, had to. they had to, and it puts them in fourth place in the top four. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to have the firepower to do much in the in the play. It, it depends. Mm. I think less. Well, they'll, they'll be if they stay where they are. They'll be travelling away to Saracens, which I don't think they've got enough of. Mm. If they get into the uh, Man United, you're going to be playing Saracens or Sale away at the, as it currently stands. Well, both the, Sale the and best, the best matchup in the current position would be if they could get them to play Harlequins. Yes. That would be the matchup yes. that would suit them best. Well, as I did mention on last four. week's podcast, Sale have got to go away mm. uh, six times and Gloucester have all five more times. Uh, no, six. No, Sale have got to go away six times. Yeah. And Gloucester have got five more home games home and only games. four away games. Well, if, if just in terms of the table, so Saracens are top. They're 10 points clear at the top on 48. They've only lost the one game mm. against Irish last week. Sale then are seven points clear in second place on 38. And then it's 
Harlequins, one place above Gloucester, one pl- oh, sorry, one point above Gloucester, who are one point above Saints, who are one point above Leicester. So you've got those four teams all separated by four points. Yeah. So that's where the congestion really is. I just think Sale are looking frighteningly <clears throat> good. Frighteningly good. Frighteningly, frighteningly physical. And they're winning the games pretty much in a one-dimensional way. With Rob Dupree giving them multi-dimensions on top of that, of course. Yeah, because Luke James and O'Flaherty, when it opened up a bit late on, they were they right. brilliant. Who said Jack Knowles is the hardest working w- Working winger. Peter Shaw. Peter Shaw. Peter Shaw's wrong. O'Flatter is. He works so hard. He chases things. He's in the middle of everything. Again, that's another great pickup. Another one who I didn't think would work at all well. And I was completely wrong. I was completely wrong on that. Those those two guys are, they were obviously very talented players. The key question is how much did it cost? Because to get someone to move from English club to English club, you've got to pay through the nose. I I just thought they were part of the Exeter system and it was Exeter that made them brilliant. Not no, they, the fact that they were good, good players they, in their yeah, own right. They are, they're both quality players, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I, I think O'Flaherty is just, just really hardest, hardest working winger since Miles Benjamin. Miles Benjamin. Benjamin, yeah, he's rocking. People don't people don't talk about the rocking capabilities of wingers enough anymore. Absolutely, no, no, and, that, and that's what sets our knowledge apart from everybody else's. Yeah. Absolutely, Miles Benjamin. I just, just I'm looking at the table. I've just mentioned the table. Yeah, there are only three teams in the league with positive points difference. That is curious. It is. Now, there were, there were then two. So Gloucester have minus one and Saints are zero. So really? Two. But then everyone else is significant negative. So the, the three teams are? Sale. Saracens, Sale and... Yes, yes. Quins? Nope. Correct. Yeah, yeah the, t- right. the, the top three teams. Everyone from mm. four down is, well, neutral or negative. Wow. Wow. Uh, just before we depart, Gloucester, email from Will Barnes, contacthedchasers at gmail.com, says, uh, boys, love the pod, you know the rest. Uh, opinions on Lewis Ludlow to be back in the England squad. Oh. Admittedly a very left-field choice, and I'm a Gloucester fan, so I know I'm biased. However, as a still-playing former England captain, surely he has to be in the conversation. He's the embodiment of Borthwick's every game matters mantra, and he would represent a fresh start for a new era. I like him. I do like him. I'd have to say no, unfortunately. I'm, I'm the same. I, th- I think he's. Mm. I think he's a very good player. He's very hardworking. He's just not quite. He's not quite as top end as the competition. Agreed. The, mo- the the guy who this weekend I, I thought so. I misheard that when you first said it. I thought you referred to Lewis Ludlum. Yes, who I'd who like had to talk a about. Superb game. He had a great game at number eight. Yes. Yeah. He, he play, with, with Augustus shifted to the flank, but he can play across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Ludlow's. No, Ludlum. Ludlum's performance for Saints this week, I thought, was outstanding. Um, he's still, he's still not the heaviest of carriers, but he just brings so much violence to contact. You know, England could do much worse than uh, Ludlow, Curry, and a another at six. Just as you carriers, so they're not Ludlum. huge men, but well, put put violence they bring. Ludlum and Curry as six and seven, and then could do Billy. Well, you could you could have big courts. At six, big courts that, that that that'll do me. Ludlum and Curry. You could have Don Brandt with Ludlum and Curry. You, you could even have uh, maybe 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 those two don't pay enough of the Simmons tax. Yeah, I don't know. There is a slight Don Brandt tax as well. You have to pay work rate because you basically have to go, have to build the game around like Don Brandt. You, you go you go roam. Yeah, pop, pop yeah. up where you want. Read the game. Other guys will do. A lot of that dog work. Yeah. And Curry, Curry would do that. 
I don't know if Ludlam would because Ludlam is in himself a focal point for carrying. He he does he does some of the, the tough stuff as well. But you're right. I don't know. Don't know if you can make that work with with Don Brown at international level. Quinns make it work beautifully. All England's number eights. There's a Billy tax. There's a yep. Simmons tax, and there's a Don Brown tax. Do you know the one who yep. I would be interested to see? Is Will Evans coming to England? I think he's superb. Now he's a bit smaller, but so is Craig Smith. Uh, so Will Evans in. I mean, it's a smaller back row, so it's not necessarily how I. Like There's to do definitely it. a Will Evans tax. Yeah, <laughs> you need some big boys. Dave, in there. Dave Ewers is getting in as well. Dave Ewers, now you might be talking. Mind you, Will Evans. I mean, why is there a Simmons tax? A Simmons tax because you need Simmons out in wide channels, and he's not you know going to power forward through contact and that sort of stuff. What should we do? You, do you do need a Will Evans tax because he's constantly winning you ball? I mean, the only tax that you're paying is when the opposition have the ball and he's stealing it from them. Yeah, but if you're talking rolling mall defence, so he, he gives up X stone to the opposition. Yep. He's also not really a line-out threat or disruptor. No. So there is, there's trade-offs. It's, all, it's always trade-offs. Yeah. Although he, like, unless, unless your name is Charles Olivon, in which case there are no trade-offs. <laughs> he doesn't have many trade offs. Complete package. He has everything. As a human being. As a, yes. <laughs> there are no trade offs there. Did you see? So, Will Evans didn't play this week. Did you see the tackle that meant he, from last week that meant he didn't play this week? No. He did not. Oh, he got his head on the wrong side with a, f- a full force semi randrandra. It, oh, it was ugly. It was really, really ugly tackle. Con- concussion case or neck? Uh, I think concussion. I think he was out immediately. Hit the deck hard. Yeah, if I'm going to tackle um, semi round rounder, yeah, I, I don't want to be concussed, but I think being instantly knocked out is probably my best option. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, your your man is your, your best option. Your, your, well, limp, here we go. your limp mop body may act as a as a little <laughs> speed hump for someone else to. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. That's... I've got got an email here from uh, Danny Meaden. Contact TedChasers at gmail dot com. Says um, I'm a big rugby league and union fan, Ooh. and so I have a question for Phil. You played against Henry Paul, didn't you? I did. A- any good? Um, yes, he was fairly handy. Um, Who was he playing for at the time? Leeds Sykes. Um, yeah, he was at that point. Cause, so I, I was a Salford Red season ticket holder. I'd been to, I'd seen Wigan at the Willows, JB's favourite all time sports ground. Yeah, I'd agree on that. Many times I'd seen him at Central Park as well. I'd actually played a, when I was about. 12 or 14 I want to say I'm trying to work out the ages um, anyway when I was young as a kid played a curtain raiser at Central Park when Wigan were playing and I can't actually explicitly remember but I'm certain Henry Paul was playing in that game for Wigan and then to play against him that about, must have been surreal about 10 years later was <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> so, so what do you remember of him when he, when you were playing when he was playing Union against you um, he didn't need to do very much. So we, we played uh, Leeds Tykes at Headingley. We got beat. I think it was 60 points to nil. We okay. got beat. Um, and he, he had. I think he played 12. He had great hands, great distribution. I don't remember him carrying or hitting much because he didn't need to because he just pulled the strings for everyone around him. Um, my opposite man that day was... Uh, well, he's oh, a, no, let me guess, let me guess, let me yeah, guess, let me guess. You, were you on the wing? I'm going to go uh, Tom Biggs. Not nope. Tom Biggs, what's his name? Is that the guy's yeah, name? He's now a bodybuilder. Yeah, um, no. No, he's not known as a winger. How on, who, who were you playing? So playing against Leeds Tykes in about 2000 and... So it's not Ryan... Say eight or nine. Not Ryan Hall. Not Ryan, no, no, no. Not Keith Senior. 
2008. Rugby League. Oh, rugby, sorry, sorry, not rugby league. Like, sorry, rugby union. Rugby union or Leeds County, whatever they were called at that point. Uh, okay, so and this was 2000 and what? Maybe 2009. 2009. 2008, okay. 2009. Luther Burrell. No, not Big Luth. Um, so uh, he's, uh, Dan Scarborough. He's still in rugby, although he's not currently in rugby for obvious reasons. Uh, Israel Falau. <laughs> he's very much still in rugby. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a coach these days, but he's not coaching right now. Sinfield. Not Sinfield. Is he in jail? He's not in jail. He's not coaching. More, more financial problems, more insolvency, more administration. Earth. Oh, uh, uh, Lee Blackett. Lee Blackett ah, was my opposite really? man that day. Yeah, that he was a good player. Mm. He played. He's more a centre. Yeah, centre cent- uh, and fullback. He played for Rotherham. Oh, no, he is coaching. He coaches at Scarlets. Oh, is yes, he, going, he is, is he's he's on Scarlets. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, so Phil just mentioned the um, Salford City Reds, and I, I don't want to go too far down the Salford City Reds rabbit hole. When I first moved to Manchester, I started watching Salford City Reds, and this was the time when they were. They were all right, actually. They made the playoffs. So Sean Ruggerson was a, a big South African second row prop. We South had African. Sean Ruggerson, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I wasn't following no, him. At that was point. South African? Was he Australian? There's, there's not many South African rugby league players. Well, imagine, imagine if South Africa took rugby league seriously. Yeah. Our mm. our prop was a. I want to say he was like a Lebanese Australian guy. He was absolutely mm. massive. I've tried to look him up, and I can't find him. Can't find what this guy's name is. Absolutely massive guy. But the captain and hooker was a guy called Malcolm Alka. You heard of, Al- of yeah, Malcolm Alka? Why do I know yeah. that name? Uh, um, yeah. Well, we've mentioned we have <laughs> we mentioned, mentioned Malcolm Alka, yeah. Alka before a few times. So uh, you know we, we would do silly little songs like Malcolm Alka, Malcolm Alka, right? All the rest of it. So anyway, if we just Google Malcolm, Malcolm Alka, Malcolm Alka, Malcolm Alka. Okay. <laughs> so well, let's uh, the sun. The sun has a story about Malcolm Alka, forty-four years old. Now. Oh, I just vaguely remember you bringing him up again. Ex-England yeah. rugby league star jailed over terrifying cocaine-fueled machete wielding Halloween rampage on Tesco and KFC. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. Whoops. Here's a picture of Malcolm Alka topless. Here's his yeah, good, good, good Nick. Um, yeah, yeah. It went very downhill. I think he. I think. I seem to remember him. Been arrested for trying to rob various various places <laughs> after, like, after he finished. Yeah, but a good rugby league player, and that's that's more, Hard, more yeah. important. Hard. He's a hooker, wasn't he, Malcolm Walker? He was a hooker, and he was the captain. I, I just saw another email here, which I'm going to this taking us from around the different sports. Um, Andy. Oh, sorry. He's also owner of A Nine Building Services Limited. So go. if you need some building done, Malcolm Walker. Um, Andy's email contact at chases at gmail dot com, and uh, he's. Just watched Brentford beat Liverpool mm. and saw Ben Ryan sitting behind the bench. Ooh. Oh, no. Uh, and he's wicked it. And is, is it right? Ben Ryan is now the director of elite performance at Brentford. I think he, I think that is right, actually. So I've not heard, I, I am, I've got a soft spot for, for Brentford. Bit of fun because of the way that yeah. they've, they've done things. You've got this uh, professional gambler and data driven owner. Who bought it on the back of his his winnings, and has applied an incredibly data driven approach to Brentford. But then they also bought a club in Denmark, I think it is, and so they use they bring in lots of players for very cheap, um, based on their statistics, and then either f- play them through Brentford and then sell them on for a higher price. Like Ollie Watkins is an yep. example they bought for the numbers are wrong, but the magnitude's right, three hundred k, and they sold him for thirty million, yep. kind of thing. 
Um, and they do the same with their Danish club and bring players through. And also one of my favourite footballers at the moment is uh, Christian Norgard, who's their Danish defensive midfielder, who I, I think is a quality operator. Mm. So, mm. But I didn't, I, I, I didn't know, I've just looked I've, it up. And he, he is. is. He is. That's cool. So he's, he's succeeding where Clive Woodward failed. Because Clive Woodward, after after his rugby thing, went to Southampton yeah, in, in, in the yeah. same role. I don't think he was given much of a much of a shot, though, really. Because he was beneath Harry Redknapp, or above Harry Redknapp, or adjacent to Harry Redknapp. And either way you look at that, it's not... It's yeah, gonna that, that's not... Slightly different uh, yeah. That, yeah, philosophies. If, you, if you're employing Harry Redknapp, I don't think you can simultaneously employ Clive Woodward. Mm. That would be my Fair. thought. Whereas, whereas Ben Ryan probably fits in incredibly well yeah. because he, of the philosophy that Brentford have. There, there is a, there's a good Atlantic article. There's probably others on um, the rise of rise and rise of Brentford. Mm. Um, I um, I am just googling other rugby league offenders and um, <laughs> Trevor Scott Moore. Here's one for the Scott Moore. Scott we, Moore. we actually told this story on stage in Madrid. <laughs> You're gonna have to remind me. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Scott Moore was the guy who got uh, into a hundred mile an hour chase with with police, the ex St Helens hooker. And when was they got the there, uh, a taser was d- discharged five <laughs> times. <laughs> The first four times was into Scott Moore, and the fifth time was when Scott Moore wrestled the taser off the police officers and said, quote, according to the Guardian, you're getting it now. <laughs> he was subsequently locked up for 23 months. Uh, yep. Right, he's so. Yep. Well, happy, happy with that. Not, not the Tell same. you what, though, if you're going to go down after four taser shots and you can still get the taser <laughs> off someone. Not, not, not the same, but it just reminded me of a, a post that, uh, someone put in a communal rugby group we're in. <laughs> I know the one you're going to say. About the Japanese uh, player, Sio Fafita. Uh, the Japanese press reporting <laughs> yeah. that the Japanese international went out with five women at the same time. Lad. Asked one of them to send him 1,500 euros to Tonga, which he then used to marry a Tongan woman. <laughs> Heart wants what it wants. <laughs> Right. Ridiculous. Again, that's, oh, wait. That's, 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 that's comes. I haven't verified ver- the, the veracity of that. I don't know. I'm just um, scurrilously reporting a WhatsApp message that got forwarded <laughs> to a group I'm, we're in. Could be total nonsense. Yeah, it could be. So do your own research. But it looked professional, so. Yeah, yeah. There's no way Scott Moore was fighting three male officers. They must have been female officers. <laughs> There's just no way. There's no way. They could have been trans. They could now identify as male. I was reading the story like, as three officers. No, no. No, you, you can't wrestle two people, let alone three. Three, especially, not with, not especially not with tasers in your tasers. body. No. I do like it when you see a, a real specimen of a police officer. We've got one in our CrossFit gym. Super Copper Keith. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. But equally, I, I do notice sometimes you, you see some, and even though I'm doing nothing uh, of, of a criminal nature... That's one of the things I do when I see police officers. I'm like, yeah, I could outrun them. Yeah, I could, I could get away from them. Yeah. Oh, I might have trouble with this one. Yeah. That's just one way that I judge them. Yeah, Super Copper uh, Keith can do, can do muscle-ups for days. He's massive. <laughs> Absolutely massive. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Uh, any other games? Does Newcastle get... um, played? Yeah, Bath beat Newcastle. Uh, and Bath, Bath are like seventh in the table now, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're doing all right. They're, they're, they're eighth. Currently, 2023. 20, is this is this table updated? The reign of Johan is going all right. I think it's his update. Well, it couldn't yeah. have gone any worse, could it, to be honest? Um, it couldn't have gone much worse. They, they are on the upward trajectory. Um, thanks to, again, Ollie Lawrence and Ted Hill scoring. Yeah. Like, Why were Worcester so bad? If they didn't have these two boys. Uh, so, Finn Smith is lining up for Northampton. 
Yep. Ollie Lawrence and Ted Hill. Uh, they're they're the they reason do. why Bath are actually winning some games. Well, okay, so Gloucester have got 30 points. Bath are only, what, seven points behind them? Mm-hmm. It's not inconceivable to say Bath could catch up to top four. I mean, it's going to be difficult. I mean, for that matter, but they, they just well, anyone to... really. So I mean, across, Bristol are only nine points behind Gloucester. Across the next nine games, they just need two more wins than Gloucester achieve. So that is, that's not... It's not inconceivable. Not inconceivable. They're going to play Gloucester once, so that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, in fact, uh, even Bristol, if they went on a run, could conceivably challenge for top four, which is amazing, actually, how tight the league is. Mm. See? Salary caps work. Apart from the top two, who are 10 and 7 points. Saracens are 17 points clear, as it stands. It's quite impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 10 points clear. Uh, oh, well, oh, they're 17 points clear of the rest of the of field. Of being outside yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. they're even more. They're, they're 19 points of being outside the, the playoffs. Wow. Wow. So Bristol were the team that didn't play this week. Is that right? No. Yes. Yes. Correct. It's, oh, bottom of the table. I, I tell you, there's not many people that need to be fired more than Pat Lamb. I mean, you can't be bottom of the, bottom of the table with the amount of money that they spend. Because it's not just about salary caps anymore, is it? It's salary caps, which everyone spends, so you know, give them a pass on that. But it's access to resource, um, you know, your coaching team, your high performance center. They have given him everything he needs, and for t- to be eleventh, he is showing himself up to be a bit of a clown now. And the um, the irony is, for all the money that Bristol are spending, the most expensive thing they could do is fire Pat Lamb because he's got the eight year deal. <sighs> They can't afford to fire Pat Lamb. They can spend as much as they... They can throw money at almost every problem. That is, that is too expensive to do. The only thing they can do really is just than, listen to Pat Lamb and spend the money he wants. It'd be, it'd be multiples more expensive than England getting rid of Eddie Jones. Yeah, multiple. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway. I don't know how they get out of this conundrum, actually, because they can't do what they used to, which is just buy the best, the best foreign talent possible. They can't just go and get more semi semis or, or more Sir Charles's because they've only got one marquee space it and, and pays to get young English I, players I have sympathy for Exeter I have sympathy for Bristol I, I have sympathy for Pat Lamb and Bristol in the sense that Pat Lamb's strategy wor- worked they, they finished top of the table mm. when the salary cap was greater mm-hmm. uh, and when you shrink it by a quarter and you take away one marquee spot and then when you can compound that with having significant injuries to the people who you've tied up a large amount of your money in, in wow. Stephen Luatua in... No, but, Semi. but the point being is those injuries happened after this, um, th- this change to the salary cap. And had that been done with a five-year notice period, not a... Nine yeah, month, I agree with that. Nine month notice yeah, period. It's it's really that tough, is fair. and it's yeah. the same reason why Exeter, Exeter are, struggling. are struggling now because they've they assembled their squad in one fashion, and it, you you like Leicester had the unique situation where they threw every game, cleared house, and were able to do that massive turnaround in nine months because they just got rid of a load of players and yeah. had had a good crop of youngsters coming through. Do you think though like, it's yeah. quite it's, it's quite hard to do when you have people under contract, and you have to. Turn the ship. Mm. Yeah, I, I, you know, before I criticise Bristol too much, and Pat Lamb, which I love to do, um, they do actually have a lot of young English or home developed players. Uh, you know that that should be mentioned. But their strategy of just having the best team by spending the most, um, they just can't do it now. They can't do it. They so can't do it now. No. 
You need but they, they finished top of the table when they were able to do it. I think you need co- so I think you're going to have to move away from coaches like Pat Lamb, who are like spending coaches, if you want. Although he does have a nice strategy for rugby or a nice... And he's one with Connacht. Connacht, which is the opposite of that. Yeah, that is true. It's just, I think, I think your point is probably a fair one. It's that he set his ship sailing in one direction. It's a very big tanker to turn around. Um, what's interesting will be how long it takes him to turn around and whether yeah. he can. Because yeah. he'd have to be ruthless to turn it around in the same yeah. way that Borthwick was. Yeah. Mm. And and you were very critical. I'm not, I'm, I'm, with justification, you were very critical of Borthwick. You thought it was a, a, sh- a shame. Mm. On, I still I, think it's a shame. And, and I was... Uh, um, I think it's a stain I, on his record, actually. It was, it, was a, it was a stain on the league that the lack of relegation was used in that fashion to go, we don't care about um, the results. Yeah. We're, we're going to sack yeah, players, get rid of season. players. For but one I'd, season. I think, and it's easy to say with hindsight, I think it's fully justified. But I, I was the same yeah. as you. I, I thought it was disappointing at the time, but fully justified. I don't think I don't. Yeah. I now do not think it's sustained on his record at all. This no. sounds like a weird callback. Does Jordan Hardwick still play rugby? <laughs> I don't even know that name. To he, was, well, he was maybe like Tom Hardwick. Tom, was it Tom Hardwick? Oh, Tom Hardwick. That's it. Yeah, ten slash fifteen. Yeah, he's going to be the future of something. Um, and then Les said, "Yeah, off you go, pal." Showed up. Where did he go to? He went to Bristol. He's never come back. God, he's 23, so he's hardly like the future. He was a precociously talented youngster. Um, I don't know if he had the, the... I don't know if his kind of ethos matched Leicester's. So according to this... He was one of the casualties of the change. He's at Sporting Club Albi. Albi, where are they? Uh, French third division. Jesus. That went downhill rapidly. Yeah. Mm. I've just been reminded, this video is now 10 years old. Just change it. Oh, are we done with the rugby, by the way? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, other than predictions for next week. Uh, this video is 10 years old now, apparently, today. Greatest weekend of my life. <laughs> the greatest weekend of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right, next... Ha- do you remember when Haskell... Uh, yeah, Haskell did a play on it. Did that one. Right, next it, weekend's fix- yeah. fixtures. Game of the Shed. JB, are you going to be going to go, going to, go to this one? Uh, where is it? Gloucester. Gloucester. Well, if it's Gloucester, of course. So Kings home host Saracens. Oof. Slightly more difficult opponents. Well, no. Not at all. Uh, in fact... If oh, I, well, they, you've, you're quite the only team to beat Saracens. Correct. If, if we were to uh, uh, put Ben Ryan logic into this... No, Dean Ryan. Dean Ryan, a team then, that has beaten... Yeah, Saracens are nine points less effective than Irish. <laughs> so absolute beatdown. Give me Gloucester, please. Gloucester by Gloucester. more than nine. Gloucester. More than nine. Uh, nine plus two. Eleven. Eleven, yep. Gloucester home to Saris. Um, oh, I can't. I can't see past Saris. Be interesting to see what Saris do. Because I was pleased Ben Earl was able to play at the weekend as well. That's just one other yes. small, small thing. Yeah, good point. Um, it'd be interesting to see what Saris do because it, it's Europe the following weekend. Ah, good point. So there might be a few changed up teams. Very good point. Two games yeah. in five days for some teams as well. If, mm. I imagine if that's Saris, a really great point. Saris win this one. I guess they'll rest for the next game because what's the point? I think. What in the in Europe? No, yeah. no, they want a home. You want a home quarterfinal. They should surely home get round any, of sixteen. Home quarterfinal, home semi-final. Yeah, yeah, true. you've got to win. You've got to win everything. I hope they win Europe. You know, I'm rooting for Saracens so hard to win Europe. It would be amazing. Wouldn't I don't. Suggest. I don't think they can. I, don't I think, think it would be the greatest power. achievement. At, I think they can do. I it, think it would be their greatest achievement if they manage that. Yeah, yeah, it's up there, isn't it? Compared mm, to those compared French to the, and Irish teams, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, the Leinster so Phil, resources are just. I've got points amazing. difference here. Northampton are plus one hundred and twenty-five. Gloucester are plus one hundred and forty. Ignore me because I'm. You're reading. on. You're on. What's it called? I'm rugby, I'm ultimate rugby. Forget <laughs> it. Forget <laughs> it. Why do you do it every Forget week? It. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> Uh, I'll wait and see on the teams if it's anywhere near full strength I'll say Saracens will sneak it but I think you're right the Gloucester will go full bore Saracens may change quite a few yes yeah so it could be when you see the teams it could be a home win yeah Saturday we've got Falcons host Tigers Uh, and Tigers who have won two from two in Europe as well so they'll they'll be wanting to go for it and tricky one for that is a tricky one because Leicester Newcastle is a tough place to go but Leicester need to win these games. They do, and particularly after the Sale thing, much as Gloucester had to win after being humbled by Leicester, Leicester being humbled by Sale have <coughs> got to bounce back. Mm. Oh, and you mentioned the other week when I said that um, Wiggy might get his boots on, you think, thought they'd be signing another player. They announced it yesterday? or Wilson Croft. Or Wilson Hume. Croft, yeah. yeah, from Wasps, has signed as a backup scrum half. There you go. Yeah, so it takes one extra injury for hey, the to get his boots on. You always knew Richard Wilkes would have his... Uh, exactly. He'd be working at it. He said hello, actually, when I saw him last week. Oh, did he? He said hello. When did you see him? I saw him at uh, Tigers last weekend. Ah. Tigers Gloucester. Oh, so, whilst we're on it, I was drinking with another rugby luminary this, this week. <laughs> Different one. Okay. Uh, at the Gloucester game? No. St- Steve Diamond? Manchester. Ooh. Ooh uh, Not a player. But a very, very well-known, very well-respected journalist and podcaster. Uh, Charlie Morgan? Same, similar sort of level. Stephen Jones? No, not <laughs> Stephen Jones. Alan Dimmock? No, but I uh, haven't seen uh, him for a little while, while actually. Uh, Alex, what's his face? Alex Lowe? Nope. It is... Uh, Stuart Barnes. Chris Jones from the BBC. Ah, oh, nice. He's awesome. So uh, we had yeah. a few a few beers at a, friend, at a friend's wedding. And uh, yeah, a, th- a thoroughly good bloke. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. loves to chat rugby, which is unsurprising. Yeah, yeah. He d- he does love rugby. He he, he had to sit and wait for Ian Robertson to retire for <laughs> so long. <laughs> was it Ian Robertson that did the... In- was he at Twickenham with us? Who's that? Ian Robertson. Yeah. Did someone... The, the commentator. The, yeah. The, the, go- the so Scot- do you know Scottish, Scottish former international... Com- yeah, so we did our podcast... Didn't we? And uh, did. Yes, he did. He did. He was. Yes. A yes. He got interviewed. Yeah. So I didn't see this bit right, but apparently in the Q and A afterwards, somebody said he was very funny. What do, do you think? It's time for Stuart Barnes to hang up his mic or something, or why is Stuart Barnes so bad? And cold as he liked, said, "I think Stuart's brilliant." Uh, and that was that was it. Shot yeah. him down cold. I, I wish I was there. So I was, actually, I, I completely disagree. And here are some <laughs> of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we'd have gone by then. So what are we saying? Falcons um, or Tigers? I, I I think Falcons may sneak it. I tend to agree. I think they will. So against Le- Against Tigers. With Leicester having a lot of injuries. If if Visa and Montoya, Montoya are back, then maybe. But Sorry, th- I, I, those I, two being out are like the two players you would not want to be missing. Sorry, I, I am very confused here. What are we previewing? Europe? Ne- no, next no. weekend's games. Oh, is it next weekend then Europe? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Europe. Right, okay. Oh, I thought Gloucester had thousands in Europe. They, they, no, they don't. no, no. Okay, fine. Falcons, Falcons, Leicester. I, I think with Leicester's injuries, if as I say, if Montoya and Visa are back, Leicester, if they're still without those guys and have more injuries loaded on top from the weekend just gone, and I think Falcons might sneak it at home. Yeah, give me Falcons as it currently. Give stands. me Tigers. Then we've got uh, the four thirty kickoff, 
So that's a two o'clock kickoff, Falcons. Yeah, I think that that must mean because I'm working on the Newcastle game. I think that must mm. mean that BT Sport have got a double header there on Saturday. Nice, potentially double money team. Yes. Two and four thirty. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't. I can't be in two places at you once. You can't get from Newcastle to <laughs> Exeter. In Depends how much they pay him. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be surprised. Uh, so yeah, Chiefs then host Saints. So Chiefs who were humbled by Saracens and Saints who humbled um, uh, Harlequins. Mm. Give me Exeter at home. Exeter at home. And then on the Sunday, or two games on the Sunday, both three o'clock kickoffs. Quinns host Sale. Sale. I think I think Sale. Sale smashed them. Good, ga- think, good I, game for Sale. I think Sale. Marcus Smith, any, anywhere near coming back? Uh, I've not heard or anything, but it, when he got injured, it was he'll be fit in the new year. Mm. And we are now, evidently, in the new year. Good to go, I'd imagine. Oh, one, th- one thing. The... Sam James post-match interview, the gag he made was... Was it Sam James who made the gag? Yeah. It was awful. What what did he say? Uh, Who was it? Was it Sarah? Um, Anyway, he got asked... um, I think it was Sarah. got asked, um, are you doing anything special to see in the new year? And he said, "Um, I'm not going to be using spray-on deodorants. And she kind of looked at him. And he said, roll on 2023. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. my God. Ooh. The only thing, the, the most charitable interpretation of this is he's lost some horrific bet. Yeah, um, I'm... has to do the That worst. has to be the reason. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of the concussion campaigners, but maybe, <laughs> maybe this is the one that swings it for me. <laughs> wow. Uh, so... I'm saying sale. Away yeah, I'm saying sale. At the stoop. And then oh! Yeah, go on, go on, go on. London Irish, yeah. Bristol is the last one. London Irish. London Irish, please. Uh, Irish. Paddy. Yeah. Yeah, Irish. <laughs> We've been asked to apologise, Tim. For? For saying that the concussion, that concussion campaigners um, are, are projecting cha- childhood trauma. We I, would... I, I said that that may well be the case. That was me. Well, they asked me to apologise. Uh, I didn't, obviously. Um Perfectly reasonable thing to say. Well, that's not actually that's that's a mischaracterization of what was said. Actually, I'm not saying concussion. What? Not all of them. No, no. What, what was that? What the I actually, of them. in terms of project, it had nothing to do with concussion. Actually, what I what I actually said was quite often the people that dislike very like masculine men, uh-huh. mas- and like the the masculine side of rugby actually have an issue with that type of character, and quite often that's a projection wow. of some trauma in their life or some insecurity that they have. I, di- I didn't mention concussion in that. All oh, right. Well, anyway, uh, I had a discussion with a friend of mine about this, um, about masculine traits and people that find it, um, well, basically what you said then, but I'll save it for the Patreon podcast. Oh, oh. interesting. What a um, tease. Any what other business? Tease. What have you been reading, Phil? Uh, I'm currently reading... Um, Devil in the White City, which is uh, a novel set in real life, um, Chicago, 1883, and the World Fair. And it's, it's really interesting. Um, there's a lot of um, kind of construction and architecture side of it, which piques my interest. There's a lot of like American history, which piques my interest. Mm. Um, re- good book, actually. It took me a little while to get into it, but I'm enjoying it. I, w- I would recommend. Anything from you, JB? Couple of things. So, um, the first thing I've listened to in detail—I didn't know any of this stuff—is I've listened to Jocko Willink's six-part 
podcast series with a guy called J.D. Baker on the American Civil War. And it's absolutely gripping. It's pro- probably partly the way that they tell it, but the whole thing is gripping. And it's a weird one because... That sounds like a bit of a Dan Carlin type thing. It's not bad, you know. Is it Jocko going towards the sort of Dan Carlin... Kind of uh, he's done loads of things like this before. Yeah. So just you know, as and when it takes his, it takes his yeah. fancy. So they spent a week in San Diego doing the first six parts, and they've got to, um, I think, they're three, they've got three more years to go. So there'll be another six podcasts coming out on the oh, Civil wow. War soon. That sounds cool. It's really cool. Uh, but because they talk about it in terms of commanders and military strategy, and what it, you find yourself initially sort of rooting for the Confederacy. Because they're so much more competent than the idiots from up north. But they, they, their uh, military strategy is much better, but they're massively under-resourced, aren't they, yeah. comparatively? Well, so the interesting flip comes with the attrition for both sides. Mm. So the attrition on the Confederate side meant you know, people like Stonewall Jackson started dying and you know they didn't have adequate replacements. Whereas the attrition on the Union side, when they start getting good and you start you know, rooting for them is when all of the pompous, like, politically motivated generals start getting relieved by, um, uh, what's his name? The president at the time. He's just, uh, oh, I can't remember his name now. Sorry, say again? The what? He was president during the American Civil War. Abraham uh, Lincoln? He... I made that he, up. He, anyway, so he starts just he, relieving... Yeah, he, he did the, yeah, procul- the proclamation, a proclamation emancipation yeah. thing yes. straight afterwards. the Civil So War. he just yeah. starts relieving these absolutely pompous generals. But here's the best thing which I've learned from the whole thing. Prostitutes, known as hookers. Why are they known as hookers? <laughs> uh, I, it, it can't and won't be a rugby um, relationship. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Don't know. Uh, hookers, was General Hooker, who had a bunch of women who took with him to war. <laughs> and the privates would be sitting around and going, who are those women? And it started with saying, oh, they're general hookers. And then abbreviated it, they'd just be, they're hookers. So these prostitutes were basically campaigning with with, with, general, with general hooker. And therefore it became hookers. So wait, wait, they were actually prostitutes? Yeah. Or they were, they're just women who got well, referred to as... He had a lot of women around him. So like a hooker. They were all his wife. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yep. So, so, so that's that. But there's some fascinating, fascinating tales. That fascinating sounds really tales. good. Mm. I've been trying to read it. The only thing I've been reading about, and I'm just curious about, is have you heard of entanglement theory? The quantum entanglement. Yes. Yeah. It's like stri- it, yeah. It's almost blowing up everything we thought we knew about physics. It's it, it, to some degrees. It's just bonkers. it does fit in with theory of re- relativity, though, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's like there's you can have particles that are separated by massive distances that are completely connected yeah and so there's some there's some sort of energy field or some connect i don't know how but it's bonkers when you read it. it's like whoa it's it's like sci-fi it's, yeah. movie stuff so it I, is bizarre so I've, I've read a couple of books on um well, i've read a few books on physics and a couple on quantum physics and like the how uh, the laws of rel- relativity break down when you move to quantum level exactly and my int- my read, and this is not this is not what the books are saying, but my read of, of it is, it's all to do with a measurement problem. Anything that like that is really weird things where things break down at that kind of level, is the fact that in order to measure s- subatomic particles, you are disrupting them in the process of measuring it. Like the, the phrase to study a butterfly, you've got to put a pin in it. You're destroying mm. the butterfly in order to look at it. You're destroying the nature of the particle in order to observe it, 
Therefore, you are until we've got a better way of ob- observation, which we may never get. You will never truly understand what is happening at yeah. that le- that subatomic level. Now, that's that's my yeah. totally naive interpretation. No, 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 of it. it's, it's a fair one, and, and but it's just it's also what what it kinds of what it kind of opens up is the possibility that there that there are. Well, it just it just it just makes you feel humble and small with how much we don't know. Yes, and for example, that is, that is definitely. For true. example, I feel the same way about lineups. For, for example, what what we can see. <laughs> Me dead feel like that. <laughs> for example, for for what we can see, I'm looking at you two, and what I'm seeing, what my simulation, eye, what my eyes are perceiving, <laughs> is a tiny fraction of what is here. The, in, yeah, in this space. yeah, the dark, the dark matter. All of that. Type. We just it, all of that has been boggling my mind. I've been loving it. No, yeah. Nice, nice, nice I, Christmas and New Year reading. I, I do quite a, kind of like reading about that. I need, I need like the really dumbed down yeah. stuff, but I quite like reading about it. So I don't often, for dummies. I don't yeah. often read. It's not really my thing. I listen a lot. You but look, I don't yeah, often read, right? So I was listening to a podcast this week, and they had a book review of. Have you ever heard of Cormac McCarthy? No. I don't think so. No, I'd never no. heard of uh, heard of him either. But they were raving about this guy, like one of the best writers of his generation. Yada yada. I was like, I don't know who he is. Um, but he, he actually, when I was looking at, it, he's actually written No Country for Old Men and The Road. Okay. He's got okay. two. He's got a new book out. So I think I'm going to actually attempt to read. Mm. Actually, physically read a book. That's <coughs> how I physically read a book was River Deep, which is something like I think it might be it might be as big as two thousand pages long. And that is oh, wow. epic. It is an epic book. Uh, so I have no idea what this um, what this book is about. Uh, I'm just going to read it. Cool. Mm. Nice. What, I, what, I do yeah. like reading, uh, as in I like having a physical book in the process of reading. There's something like audio books, I kind of almost consume them too fast and they they like wash over me a bit too much. Like Lex Friedman. Just uh, yeah, too, like too fast. I listen yeah. to I listen to. Well, I haven't got through the Coffeezilla one, but Coffeezilla one's good, isn't it? It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be some interesting Coffee Coffeezilla stuff with uh, is it Logan Logan Paul? Paul. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you, you teased something on for the Patreon podcast. I can't remember what it was, but we will find out shortly when we record it. Uh, if you want to support us, that's one way you can. If you want more content, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Uh, you make the podcast possible. Thank you very much for that. As you do, if you just listen and hit subscribe. And let the boys play. Let the boys play. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else custom spray five and one only from rustoleum hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.